Here we go, Mark chapter 5, verse 21. And when Jesus was passed over again by ship unto the other side, much people gathered unto him, and he was nigh unto the sea. And behold, there cometh, verse 22, one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name. And when he, was, uh, when he saw him, he fell at his feet and besought him greatly, saying, My little daughter lieth at the point of death. I pray thee, come and lay thy hands on her that she may be healed. Look at this, and she shall live. And Jesus went with him. And much people followed him and thronged him. Drop down to verse 35 where the story picks back up. While he had spake, there came from the ruler of the synagogue's house certain which said, Thy daughter is dead. Why troublest thou the master any further? As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he saith unto the ruler of the synagogue, Be not afraid, only believe. And he suffered no man to follow him, say Peter and James and John, the brother of James. And he cometh to the house of the ruler of the synagogue and seeth the tumult and them that wept and wailed greatly. And when he was come in, he saith unto them, Why make ye this ado and weep? The damsel's not dead, but sleepeth. And they laughed him to scorn. But when he had put them all out, they, he taketh the father and the mother of the damsel and them that were with him and entereth in where the damsel was lying. And he took the damsel by the hand and said to her, Talitha Kumai, which is being interpreted, Damsel, I say unto thee, Arise. And straightway the damsel arose and walked, for she was of the age of 12 years, and they were astonished with a great astonishment. And he charged them straightly that no man should know it, and commanded that something should be given her to eat. Our Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for the Word of God. I do not know how anyone makes it without this book. Father, would you bless this service today? Thank you for the great spirit that's at this college. Thank you for Pastor Chapel, all the leadership that's here. Would you help Brother Larry and others as they are putting on the final touches for this meeting, this conference? As it's already been asked of you, would you continue to bless the young people in churches that are coming this way? But Lord, I pray for right now that you'll speak to our hearts. I pray that we'll leave this service being different. Thank you for your kindness. Thank you for your goodness. You are a good God. Thank you for who you are and what you do. Now help me, Lord, please. I need your touch. I'm nervous. And I pray that you'd help me. I love you. Amen. Amazing story. Every time I read this story about Jarius, his wife, and his daughter, my heart does backflips because you and I, isn't it neat to have the Bible? Because we get to go to the end of the book and find out we win. And that just that makes me happy. I like to win. And the good thing about it is, like, my wife won't, she doesn't like to play games with the family because gray men are very competitive. I call it competitive. She calls it cheating. <laughs> but, like, I've got a couple draw fours in my pocket right here if you need one. But, um, like, I, I want to win. I, I want to, you know, I'm going to make sure that we win this thing. If we go play golf, hey, we're going to figure out how to win. Uh, whatever the case is. But with Jesus, he doesn't need anyone's help. He made the world. He's not nervous. He didn't forget about anybody. Michael the archangel didn't walk up and say, excuse me, uh, the other side of the world kind of needs air right now. Oh, man, I forgot all about them. <laughs> you know, turn on their air. Thank you. There you go. No, no, no. He, he remembers to keep everything going. He remembers to keep it all spinning right on time. Jairus comes and he has an issue that he needs the Son of God. And wow, let's jump right into this. By, by way of introduction... Excuse me, I want you to notice the awareness of Christ. The awareness of Christ. Look at verse 21. 
And when Jesus was passed over again by ship unto the other side, much people gathered unto him. Verse 22, and behold, there cometh one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus, by name. And so let's back up the story. We know that his little girl, the Bible says, lies at the point of death. I am assuming she was sick and it got worse. I am assuming that as a leader, a ruler, uh, uh, probably a wealthy individual, I'm assuming he tried everything he could to get his little girl better. I'm assuming, I know I have three boys and daughter-in-law. Praise God, a girl's in the house, right, Mama? And uh, we got a daughter-in-law. I'm assuming, I know me, if one of those said, you know, I'm sick, I need some help, we're going to get you help. I'm going to find out what I got to do. I'll sell my neighbor's house, whatever I got to do, but I'm going to do something to get the money. That's funny, you'll catch this afternoon. Wait a minute. And, uh, but, you know, I'm going to do whatever I have to do to help them out and take care of this issue. Mom said to Jarius, she's not doing well. I don't know what the conversation was, but it's big enough that Jarius probably had a servant said, I can go get him. No, I got this one. Why? Because it's hitting home. Look at the awareness because he gets to Jesus Christ. And the Bible says in verse 22, And behold, there cometh one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name. Can't you see him? You know he, he's not walking. He's not just chatting. He, he's running. Because this is so important. I need the Son of God. And I don't know what's going on in everyone's world, but we don't have a lot of time, so we're just going to jump right into this. But I do know this. You live long enough. Troubles. Can I walk on this? All right. I hate for this. You should have asked first. Amen. And uh, are we good? Oh, yeah, by faith. And, um, <laughs> hey, Jesus walked on water anyway. But uh, I, I know this. Some of y'all may have got some bad news from back home, and you need Jesus. Just live long enough, and good times will come, and bad times will come. Can I beg you today, as was preached yesterday, Brother Covenant did a wonderful job. Let, let's, let's learn how to get to the king. Let's learn how to listen to the king. Let's learn how to stay close to the king because there's going to come a day you're going to need the Lord Jesus Christ. And he gets to him. And then by way of introduction, look at the attachment to Christ. In verse 22, the last part it says, and when he saw him, he fell at his feet. Now I know this is a tough thing for him to do because number one, he's a man. Men don't like to be humiliated. Don't make fun of me. Youth conference is always fun because you have all different, you know, here comes the seventh graders. They're, they, they don't even match their clothes. They don't know what they look like. They don't care what they look like. All the boys sound higher than the girls. And, uh, you know, they're running around. They think it's great. But then let a boy turn 15. And all of a sudden, it's like, hey, buddy, how do you? I'm fine. How are you? <laughs> and I mean, he is just like, he's got it all together. It's like, hey, you can't even shake their hand anymore because it used to be, Brother Grace, sign my Bible. And they throw the Bible in the air, you know, like they don't care and all that. And now it's like, hi, how are you? And boy, they got the, you know, the whole handshake. And then it's like, dude, you doing good? Yeah, look. It's growing. His sister has more, but his is working, amen. But all of a sudden, it's, it's different. Because men don't like to be humiliated, and then boys, uh -huh, are you? You know, God still has a way to keep you humble. For a man to fall at his feet, it better be something pretty big, Brother Sam, to make me fall down. Now, God's humbled me many a times. But let me tell you something, he fell at his feet. 
He was not only aware that he needed the Savior, but he attached himself to him. And I want to beg us to have that humility and not be afraid when you get to the Son of God, fall at his feet and get a hold of the Son of God. And then look at the acknowledgement of Christ in verse number 23. And he besought him greatly, saying, My little daughter lieth at the point of death. I pray thee, come and lay thy hands on her, that she may be healed. Look at the faith, and she shall live. He said, Jesus, there is no doubt in my mind if I can get you to come to my house. I have a little girl that's lying at the point of death. I have a wife with a broken heart and I need you. I, there's something about it. You know, remember there was a man that had a servant and he said, I don't need you to come to my house. Just speak the word. And Jesus said, there's no greater faith. His servant didn't need a touch, but this is the little girl and this little girl needs a touch and this little girl needs them powerful hands on her. And he said, if you'll just come and lay your hands on her, I know she'll be just fine. Wouldn't it be great if we had that kind of faith? Now, I'm human just like you are. I've been in the prayer closet quoting verses to God. You ever done that? Don't act so spiritual. You know what I'm talking about. You know what you said, and you have to keep your word. Boy, you're ready to call down fire like Elijah. Then you're walking out the door. It ain't going to happen. I ain't going to get nothing. No, we need to get a hold of Jesus. And look what happens. Not only that, but you have the acceptance of Christ. Look at verse number 24. And Jesus went with him. Wow. Guess Jesus is going to his house. That's amazing. Can you imagine what churches would be like if Jesus was there? I told our church Sunday night, a boring service is when a lot of healthy people are sitting in the hospital staring at each other. A fun service when you get a lot of sick people in there. Some broken people, some hurting people. We got in Monday and uh, got in Monday afternoon and so we were riding around and went downtown to get something to eat and, and uh, took the boys to get a haircut because it looked bad. And while they're getting a haircut, it was a nice day so I'm just walking down the, the block there and there's about seven, eight boys and girls riding their skateboards and so uh, a couple of them messed up, made eye contact. And if you look at me, that means you want to get safe. So I walked over there and I said, hey fellas, how are y'all doing? And uh, they're going to apply to West Coast this afternoon. <laughs> Amen. But I said, how are we doing? He said, doing good, dude. What's up? I said, nothing much. Heaven's up. Hell's beneath. What do you got? What do you think? His name was Jake. Jake looked at me and said, what are you talking about? I said, I'm talking about when you die. You're going to die, right? He said, uh, I, yeah, I guess. I said, no, guess. You're going to die. I said, I'm a preacher. I know this. And he said, you're a what? I said, I'm a preacher. I said, from North Carolina. Came all this way to talk to you two. Kevin was the other young man. I said, Kevin, what do you... He said, uh, hey, easy. And I said, you're going to die too, right? He goes, yeah, probably. I said, no, probably. One day we're all dead. Out of here. <laughs> Heaven or hell, where are you going? Both of them, I couldn't tell you. I said, all right, great. Let's talk. About 20, 22 minutes later, they're both bowing their head and accepting Christ. Hey, let me tell you something. It's neat to be somewhere. It's really neat to be where Jesus is. If you could get Jesus to your church service, it might change the church service. 
If you get Jesus to a chapel, it could probably change the chapel. Jarius knew my wife has tried everything, as only a mother would, no doubt. She's tried every remedy her mama taught her. She's gone to every doctor. She's gone to every physician. She's tried everything, no doubt. Jarius said, honey, I'll pay for it. You figure it out. Get our little girl living again. Make sure she's well. Make sure she's good. They tried everything. But when he knew when I get to Jesus, how far that journey was, I don't know. How many people they had to break through, I don't know. How much of a crowd... But when he got to the Son of God and fell at his feet and said, could you do me a favor? Could you just come touch her? Because I know if you'll show up, she'll be just fine. Jesus says, let's go. Okay, now you got him. What do you do with him? You're taking Jesus home? I don't know if any college student here has ever done this. You ever call your parent at the end of May and say, hey, can somebody come live with us for three months? I got a friend who wants to hang out with us for the summertime. My wife is a clean freak. Like she has that disorder. Everything's got to be just right. Mama, ain't that right? Look at her. She's back there cleaning the pews right now. (laughs) She would do well on the blue crew. Like she'd have it all set up. You'd have it all straightened up. I mean, like my wife, if, if you go home and take coat off and throw it down, it's hung up. Now, I appreciate that. It's better than going home having to get a bulldozer to get through the house. Amen. Boys, hey, let me help you. (laughs) And uh, it's really good. It's a blessing. But if I told my wife, hey, mama, brother Getch is coming over the house. We're going to get something to eat. She would slip out early from church. One, because she's already heard my message. But then two, she'd go home just to re-clean everything. Like, I don't know how many times I come in and, you know, those vacuum, you can see the stripes of the vacuum is just right. We got more candles burning in our house. It's like a Satanist. It's like Satan worshiping going on, man. <laughs> Just go, every room's got a different aroma. Hmm, pumpkin spice. Hmm, apple jack. I mean, every, it's, it's crazy. But I praise God for that. You know, it's good. Can you imagine having Jesus? Can I ask a question? How much cleaning would you have to do if Jesus showed up in your world? How much straighten up, sir, would you have to do? How much cleaning, ma'am, would you have to do in your world? You're the men and ladies of God that we're dependent on to, to keep this gospel going around the world. And you're at a place where you're going to be trained, and you're going to be taught, and you're going to be encouraged. You're going to be given the word of God. Hey, I beg you, get Jesus in and let him do some cleaning and let him straighten some things up because when you get out into, you're in the ministry now, but when you get out to the place where God is going to send you, you're going to need a touch of God like never before. And there's somebody out there that says, uh, if you could just get here, I really could use you. But it's interesting that in verse 24 through verse 35, something happens. He has Jesus by the hand. He's headed to the house, but then some things happen. And here's what's going to happen in your Christian life. Let me try to help you. First of all, number one, write the word delay. Delay. Delay will come to every believer's life. Have you ever been there where it seems like everything's working? Man, everything's going well. Boy, God answered that prayer, and God answered that prayer, and then all of a sudden it seems like the emergency brake's been put on. And I mean the car's coming to a stop. He has gone through all of this. He has the Son of God. In Jerry's heart, my daughter is good. He is going to the house, and then verse number 25, and a certain woman... Now, can you see Jairus? Oh, Jesus, thank you so much. Would you? Hey, let's go. Where do you live? I mean, I already know, but I'll give you a chance to tell me. Oh, Jesus, I can't wait. Jesus, this is going to be great. My little girl, Jesus. Jesus, whoa, hold up. 
And there's a woman. Praise God, it's a great miracle. Somebody's being healed. But if I'm Jarius, I'm not happy. Ma'am, get him on your... I got Jesus right now. Get him on your own time. You've been sick 12 years. One more day ain't going to hurt you. I'm just being honest. Everybody okay? Some of y'all woke up. What happened? And... Uh, He's got him there, but delay will come. And young people, when delay comes in your life, have patience. Boy, I don't like patience. I hate the waiting room. I don't know how many times we've traveled with tour groups, and I don't know how many times we go to a restaurant, and they say, it would be a 30-minute wait. And Dr. R., I'd say, hey, make it 45. They can sing, I can preach, we're good. Huh? Next thing you know, you have a private dining room. Right this way, buddy. we got to get you back there. I hate the waiting room. And let me tell you something, though. Some of you are going to have to be in the waiting room of the ministry. You, you think you're ready, but God's not ready yet. Noah had to wait for 120 years. Sarah had to wait about 100. Moses had to wait about 40. Enoch waited 65 before he started walking with God. You may have to go through some waiting time. Don't get impatient with God puts the brakes on your spiritual life and somebody else gets to stand up. I just want to say a word for the Lord. Man, God sure has been good. And you're sitting over there all bitter. I'm glad he's good with somebody. He's forgotten me. No, no, no. He might be doing some work on you. There's delay that happens in a Christian life. Not only that, very quickly, number two, there's death that will come. Look at verse number 35. While he yet spake, there came from the ruler of the synagogue's house certain which said, Thy daughter is dead. Why troublest thou the master any further? Boy, death is not something that we like. We have a dear man in our church right now that's fixing to step into glory. 82 years of age. Brother Sam's probably one of the best men that you'll ever meet. And he's so close right now to seeing Jesus. And death is something that is unknown. And death is something that seems to be uncertain. And death is something that seems to be, it's the ultimate. But aren't you glad that we know the giver of life? And aren't you glad that, yes, physical death may happen, as in the case of this young girl. But spiritually, there's a lot of things I've tried that didn't work. There's going to be a lot of things you're going to try. Man, you're going to get all the education here and you'll get out of here and you'll go. and you, I'm going to do that. And you're going to try it and it doesn't work. Let me help you. If it dies, bury it. Quit dragging it around. We have a dog in our house named Jules. Jules gets all the treatment she wants. I got to be gentle here. If I came home from a meeting and that wiener dog, Jules is laying on the couch and I walk by, Mama, I'm home. She said, Okay, baby. And she's in there crying. What's the matter? Jules. Jules died. I, I just passed Jules on the couch. Yeah, she's dead. <laughs> and I go look and <laughs> check Jules out. Yep, she's dead. <laughs> hey, Mama, why is Jules on the couch if she's dead? I just can't get rid of her. We just love her so much. <laughs> why? You can only... Do that so long. I mean, Jules, go fetch. Then you have to pick up Jules and go fetch. <laughs> Jules, let's go for a walk. Or I guess we're going to go for a drag, you know, whatever. <laughs> After a while, somebody's got to bury that thing. I know we're in California, you know, you're supposed to put your dog in your wheel and all that mess. But hey, hey somebody's got to bury Jules. 
Because after a while, it decays. And after a while, it starts affecting the surroundings. And after a while, and there's a lot of good people in good churches and good places, but because something didn't work like they thought and something didn't happen like they had planned and God had different arrangements in their life, all of a sudden, death came in. And instead of burying it and going on for God, they tried to keep it around. Yeah, we've been doing it this way for 40 years. Well, God bless you. But evidently, it ain't working. Death will happen. Not only did delay come into life, but death came into life very quickly. Doubt. Write down the word doubt. Because you find, of course, we read verse 35. He said, why trouble us out of the master any further? Can you imagine hearing that word, especially if you're dad? You know, if you have a prayer request and you mention it to me, I'll, I'll write it down and I'll pray for at least a week. But after seven days, you're on your own. I told Jake and Kevin the same thing I tell everybody to get a chance to lead to Christ. I'm going to write your name down. I'm going to pray for you for seven days. After that, you got to pray for yourself. Because I'm trying to meet a whole lot more people between now and the next time. But if it's my prayer request, it's important. Now I'm stopping everybody and I'm tweeting it and I'm Facebooking. I'm like, I need your help. Pray, 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 pray. Can you imagine what Jerry has felt when the servant came and said, Sir, don't trouble him anymore. Your daughter's dead. But wait a minute, look who else is listening. Verse 36, as soon as Jesus, what? Heard. Guess what? The Son of God's right there. He's not left. And aren't you glad that he's still there? But he lets Jairus hear the news, and he's going to let him get as much as he can handle. And about the time he's about to give in, as soon as Jesus heard the word, I love what he said. He said, be not afraid, only believe. Doubt will come into your life. Some of you are doubting right now. Should I finish college? The answer is yes. Should I go on in my ministries? The answer is yes. Should I stay with the word of God? The answer is yes. Do not doubt. When God has given you the word, you have the Savior by the hand. He's going to your house, Jairus. I don't care what any man says. I, I know what God has said. And you stick with that, you'll be just fine. Doubt will come. When, you, when we fear what's been said, stay focused. I, I'm, my daddy pastored for many, many years. And uh, when I was a little kid, I remember seven, eight years of age, nine years of age, the worst thing you could ever hear was my dad saying, hey, Scotty, go in my office and get my briefcase. I forgot that. Buddy, I didn't want to go into a church building at night. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I mean, God's there during the day, but the devil shows up at night, y'all. Dark buildings scare me. And I don't know how many times my dad would sit out in the parking lot. Scotty, go in my office. You know where my briefcase is behind that desk and chair, and it'll be on the right-hand side. Just grab it and bring it to me. Mm, Daddy, you got to start writing these things down. <laughs> Get a three-by-five card. Amen. I mean, come on. Boy, I'd walk into that building. Boy, you'd hear things. Anybody with me? Y'all watching too much Walking Dead. You need to get in your Bible. I mean, I'd, hear, you, I, I'd turn on every light. I didn't pay the electric bill. I wasn't even old enough to tithe yet. I'd turn on every light there was. Now, I, amazing grace. I rebuke you, whoever you are. I mean, <laughs> and I'd have my escape route just right. There's the briefcase. There's the door. I'd go under the secretary's desk. Out there. Okay, all right. And if you think I'm turning off any light, you're crazy. And I just, I, I, oh, I don't want to go in there. When you fear what you see, or you fear what you cannot see, you can't see the future. The past and the future, they'll, they'll both lie to you. 
Some of y'all think, I wish I was back home. I had everything. Really? Everything? You girls, I want to go back. I had the perfect room. I had the 10,000 teddy bears, everything on the bed just right. That same bedroom mom would kill you in? Go to your room. Don't you ever come out. You forget about that. And the future is going to be so great. I'm going to marry the perfect man. I'm going to have those 2.5 kids. Point five. We ain't happy that. And I'm going to have the wonderful 2.5. Beautiful house, white picket fence. My husband, brand new car every month. I come out with chocolate chip cookies. We have a little poodle that never poops. It's great. That's not reality. That's not how it works. But when you doubt, when it starts coming in, that death is coming. Well, well, wait a minute, but I've got the Son of God here. You remember what he said. I need to hurry because I'm excited about getting to the last thought. I've got two more words. The next word is discouragement. Discouragement. In verses 37 through 40, we won't read it again, but he goes in there and the Bible says he walks in. And mom and dad are weeping. I would have been right there with them. I'm not judging them for weeping. I would have wept. And he looks around and says, okay, time out. What did I miss? Why are y'all weeping? She's sleeping. Peter, James, and John, they got to go everywhere, didn't they? I don't know why. You have to ask God when you get there. He kept Peter close. He's my favorite disciple because he's always in trouble. Pete, let's go. i got to go somewhere. Oh, man, I never get to stay behind. And uh, there they go. Peter, James, and John are there. And I can see them as they're looking at Jairus' daughter. Hey, Pete, come here. Brother, I know Jesus says she's sleeping, but she ain't. She's gone. And I can see Peter saying, guys, I've seen that look before. I wouldn't, I, I just, that's, she's sleeping, Jesus. Look at her. This girl's sleeping. I don't know if I can wake her. You may need to wake her. John saying, if only Luke was here. We need a physician right now. We need somebody to help us out. Jesus. And the Bible says they mocked them to scorn. Can I, can I finish this thought? They mocked them to scorn. There was a crowd that started mocking, and there's always a crowd that will mock you to scorn. There's a crowd mocking right now the fact we're here. There's a crowd that'll mock the fact you have a Bible. There's a crowd that'll mock the, the, the style of your standards. There's a, there's a crowd that'll mock. They're always on the outside mocking. And Jesus said, get them out. There's some people you need to separate from, sir, if you're going to make it in the ministry. There's some people you need to separate from, ma'am. Hey, there's a lot of preachers I have to separate from because I don't like the spirit. I don't like how they're pulling me. I want to make sure I keep a right spirit. I want to make sure I stay close to that book. I want to make sure I stay close to my God. And it doesn't matter. I got to get away because discouragement's got to go. Well, you can't build a church in 2019. Well, first of all, it's his church. Upon this rock, I'll build my church. It's not my job to build it. It's his job to build it. But bless God, I just happen to believe in the God, the same God in 1919 is the same God in 2019. Discouragement's got to get out. Oh, I'm one minute over time. Here's the last one, the damsel. Look at this. Look what happens in verse 41. And he took the damsel by the hand and said unto her, Talitha Kumai, which is being interpreted, damsel, I say unto thee, arise. And then check this out. It took me a while to try to figure this last verse out. I know y'all have already got this. He tells mom and dad, don't say anything. What? Can you imagine that? It's not like she had the flu. It's not like she had a broken arm. She was dead. You brought her back. And I can't tell anybody. Man, I would have been that person in church that would drove everybody else nuts in church. 
every Sunday morning. I like to say a word for the Lord. Some of y'all was there. My little girl was, stand up, sweetheart. My little girl was, was dead and Jesus showed up and you'd be, oh, here he goes again. Sunday night. I won't say a word for the Lord, Sam, sweetheart. My little daughter, some of y'all were there, and Jesus kicked you out. My, my, my daughter died, and Jesus showed up and touched her, and she's alive. Stand up, Swiss sister. I'd stop people in Walmart. Excuse me, sir, have you met my daughter? She was dead, and I don't know if you were there or not, but Jesus touched her. Maybe you could bring you out. But Jesus touched her, and she's alive. Now, say something, sister. How can you not say anything? Everybody Good. I believe it's this because there's no statement that mom and dad could make that would be any greater than just open the door and let that little 12-year-old girl walk out and speak for herself. I would hope anybody that knows me knows I believe what I believe. I think you know he believes what he believes. But can I tell you the greatest thing in the world that you could do for Christ and the cause of Christ is when that graduation door is opened up, you just walk out, speak for yourself. Here's the Bible I love. It's the Savior I adore. That's the world I want to reach.